Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Don't miss the sweet new Amish romance from New York Times bestselling author Shelley Shepard Gray and her heart's desire, wallflower Mary Margaret hopes a trip will offer her a chance to come out of her shell. A chance meeting brings new friends and a gentle young man into her life. But will it all disappear once vacation ends? Best-selling author Amy Clipson says this story is a tender journey that explores friendship, heartbreak, second chances, forgiveness, and finding true love. Her Heart's Desire is available wherever books and ebooks are sold. Well, I always have so much fun talking to my friends, and I know I say I'm friends with this person and this person, but let me tell you, I really am friends with Gina Smith, and I love her so much. First of all, I just want to say, Gina, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Trisha, for having me on and just want to talk to me. Yeah, okay. So we've known each other 11 years. Yes. So, and I tell this story every time I go to speak that I went to this um, mom life little get together and it was these other amazing women and we were all just getting to know each other. And it was at that little gathering when God first put it on my heart to adopt from foster care. So oh, you were wow. there yeah. I mean, in the beginning. When oh, wow. That's all cool. this was happening. And so now seven kids later, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about what prayer can lead to sometimes. I tell you. <laughs> but ever since I met you, I've just loved your heart and your desire to just help people and encourage people. And you have a new book out called Everyday Prayers for Joy. And I think more than anything right now, we need joy in our lives. So tell yes. us just why you wanted to write this book. Well, it's just... Of course, every story, you know, of how a book came to be is probably just very exciting to the writer. But yep. um, I, um, I'm so encouraged that God has brought me to this place with this book, just because um, about eight years ago, um, you know, as you know, we have done ministry with college students mm-hmm. and young couples for years. And um we actually lived on the college campus pretty much did 24 seven, you know, ministry relationships with kids and couples. We absolutely loved it. It was our heart. It was every gift and ability that we had. I feel like God gave us, we were able to use in that job. And um, what happened was that unfortunately some bad decisions were made in the leadership of the college and it had to close down. Mm-hmm. And so we went from being living life with young people 24-7 and overnight the doors shutting and we were living on an empty campus. And we had been here, well, I came in 1984. <laughs> That's how long I've been here as a student. Brian came to go to seminary in 86 and we'd been involved with the school in some way 
since then. So, and then we'd lived on the campus for over 20 years. So it was just a huge part of our life and our hearts loved this place. Mm -hmm. And um, we thought we would grow old here, um, you know, doing it. So when it closed down, we just really were shocked into a place of not knowing what our purpose was, not knowing what to do each day. I mean, it, and then not long after that, both of my husband's parents passed away within mm-hmm. a couple years of each other. And my children were entering into um, college, you know, going through their college years, meeting their um, future spouses, you know, so we were just going through almost every life change that you can within a very short period of time. And it just really threw us Mm -hmm. for a loop. And um, I like to say like everything that I was looking to, to bring me joy disappeared. (laughs) It's like your identity in so many levels. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It it really was. And because, you know, you know, you pour yourself into being a mom and then you pour yourself, we were pouring ourselves into the college kids and, uh, and then we also had a church change, you know, (laughs) so, so I just, I, uh, to be honest with you, I went through a time of depression and anxiety and, uh, thankfully the, the people, uh, who bought the property that used to be the college, they have some new, we have some new owners that are starting a new school and, and all, and they hired my husband to be the property manager because we've been here for so long. He knew the campus so well and they needed someone to help. So, you know, he was able to do that. And then he's been teaching as a professor at another university and doing some other things, but, but the Lord didn't move us away from the campus, which in many ways was harder because it wasn't the campus we knew it's where we'd raised our children. And it's like, it's like we were sitting at the place where our whole life had been, but it was gone. Right. You know, so anyway, one night I came out into the living room. I couldn't sleep and I laid down on my couch and I looked over on a shelf in my living room and there was a, you know, like one of those um, plaques that say joy and it was lit up. It had lights. I think it was around Christmas time. And I had this on and it was the only light of the room. And all I could see was joy in lights, you know, (laughs) and I just started pouring my heart out to the Lord and telling him, you know, I don't have joy. I don't even know where to turn. I don't know what my purpose is anymore. And I don't know what to do. And so I started to feel your sense, God drawing me, you know, to study the meaning of biblical joy, because I, I didn't have that in my heart. And so I, for the last, for the, for the next few years, I just was studying about it, writing about it, just um, kind of growing in my understanding of what that meant. And then um, at Million Praying Moms, which I am a a mentor mom there, uh, working with Brooke McLaughlin in her ministry. So I'm able to write there, do some podcasts, and, and I run a prayer group for them. And she was producing some prayer journals through the ministry. And she asked if I would want to write one about joy and cause she knew that was my word. So I wrote that. Uh, and then 
a publisher saw the journals that we were putting out and they liked them and asked if we would um, rewrite them, add more content, and if they could be published. Mm. And so I just feel like um, all that God has been bringing my husband and I through and all the things that he's been teaching me about joy now, this is the fruit of it is as a book to help other people find, you know, and learn the biblical meaning of joy. So um, it's really just such a blessing to look back and see all that God has done over the past seven or eight years and to see, it. you know, there's a book now, you know, about that. And then, as you know, I'd been writing for a while and then I kind of stepped back a little bit from doing a lot because my kids were in college and they lived at home and I didn't want to take a lot of time away from them, mm -hmm. you know, to build a platform and all that. So I kind of stepped aside for a while for several years, um, which means that any potential writing, you know, publishing opportunities would be um, very limited because my platform was not, um, substantial. So then when I started my, both my children got married within a year of each other. And then I started back in doing some writing and then God did his work. <laughs> I have a just, book. Yeah. It just goes to show like God has a plan and we think, and we hear the advice, like you need to reach these many people and your, your numbers need to be this large right. and all these exactly. things. Exactly. And I love God is just smiling and saying, I have a different plan. Yeah, and he really yeah. And what I love is I want to learn about joy from someone who's saying, I don't know what it is. And I had to turn and seek God's word and seek God and find joy. You know, if it's someone that's naturally joyful, I mean, that's probably such a small number of people out there. Right, right. We can't relate to that. Uh, yes. I know. I mean, I talked, I just talked at the beginning about adopting seven kids and hardest hardest years of my life for the last three years oh, I can't as they imagine. grew into adulthood and you know turned 18 and decide they're just going to do whatever they want to do oh. I mean all the things and probably and I bet you felt the same way as you are in the middle of serving and giving and then it everything changes I was like god I was doing what I thought you wanted me to do. Like, why yeah. is this so hard now? Yes. And what, no, I don't have joy because I can't even like make it through the day without feeling completely overwhelmed. Yep. And so it really is. God is so precious that he's yeah. us. And it's not like, well, you just have to deal with it. I don't like your attitude. Right. <laughs> you know? Instead, he's like, let me just show you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So I would just love to hear. Okay. So from that moment of looking at that, glowing light of joy and saying, I don't know, like, I don't understand, like what and how has your understanding grown in your knowledge of joy? How has it grown? Um, well, God just started to show me that I had found a lot of my joy was based on the blessings mm. and the good things that he had given me rather than on him, the giver of the blessings, mm. you know, now I've, there's, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with, I've just had such joy in serving him in the way that we were serving him. I have found a lot of joy in having my children in my home, just pouring out into them, you know, but often that would become my focus, you know, and, and I think that's just so easy for, to, to do, 
right? You know, um, and so he slowly started to show me that, you know, you need to find your joy in me who provides these blessings and not just in the blessings, you know? Um, and so I think that's just been the biggest thing. And I, and I think too, it's, it's a daily choice. I have said this a couple of times, just because I wrote this book, doesn't mean uh, I have it down now, <laughs> you know, I'm doing it perfectly. Um, I know everything. I'm still growing in my understanding mm-hmm. of what that means, but I'm also having to choose to focus on him on a minute by minute basis as well, you know, because every day it can be overwhelming. I mean, we're still trying to find out what God wants for us um, as far as we'd love to be able to um, be involved in some kind of full-time ministry or, you know, what does God have for our empty nest years? I have this book and I'm, I'm really hoping that God allows me to do more writing, you know, but Brian and I love doing ministry together. And so we're just seeking the Lord and what he has in this next season for us. So we still have a lot of unknowns. And so what I'm having to do is walk one day at a time, um, choosing to focus on him, finding joy in who he is, his promises, um, you know, remembering his faithfulness. Yeah. I mean, it really is a choice that we have to do on a daily basis. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing that he has been teaching me. Um, when it comes to joy. And, you know, I find whenever I'm writing a book, I always start by thinking it, it it's for that person out there. <laughs> like it's oh. for this reader. It's for the reader. It's going to help the reader. <laughs> and in the middle of it, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this was so, so for me. It was yes. for me. I need these messages. It doesn't matter if anyone reads it. Like this is a reminder for me. I remember because we did uh, the grumble for yearbook. And so all my kids were involved and we all worked on our grumbling and then I'm like, I have a book contract on this. Like, we have to do it. <laughs> we, we have to, like, sit down with the scripture. I have to sit down with my kids and pray with them and talk about our grumbling. I have to apologize when I grumble. And I'm like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yes. I thought I was just going to help these other people out there. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, like we are doing right now, then you have to do interviews. And then you have to talk about it. And it's like God's like, okay, <laughs> I, this is something I want you to work on. And I'm going to make sure you you work on it because um, it's going to be such um, a need in your life, but because you're helping other people. (laughs) And so, so many times, I mean, even now um, I'm like, okay, you're right. I was grumbling. I am so sorry. I'm having to still use the same tools, but it's good. It's like God wants us to grow and he wants us to transform and he wants us to be more joyful. You know, what says rejoice in the Lord always, you know, Mm -hmm. find Mm -hmm. joy in the Lord always. And it doesn't say like when things are going well and when you were in the ministry that you wanted to be in when everything's going great. Um, And that really is such a big difference between, um, you know, everything's going right on the outside, which I don't think anyone right now in the world is saying everything is going right right now. Oh, I know. It's a crazy time. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about that I know that you talk about is um, just being willing to go with our God to God with our fears and our hurts. Like you talk Mm. about, um, 
all these disappointments and being able to take that to God. And sometimes we think, okay, having joy means I can't, I can't really tell what's going on or I can't really tell God I'm really hurt right now. So let's, let's talk about that because we can still have joy, but we can also have this open conversation with God about how we're feeling. Yeah. Oh, this was actually, I think this is probably my favorite part of the book. And I, mm-hmm. I had never really studied uh, or really heard much about the prayer of lament mm-hmm. before I started to um, study it to, for writing this book. And um, it is the, I really believe it's the key yeah. to being able to find biblical joy, experience biblical joy, you know? So what it is, is that you start out, if you look in the Psalm and you see any, any prayers of lament, you see most of them starting out with what looks like complaining, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or pouring out their heart or saying, I feel alone. I'm alone. You know, I'm done. Nobody loves me. You've abandoned me. (laughs) I'm in the pit. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) You know, and so when you see that modeled in prayer, I mean, in scripture, that in the beginning of the prayer, you know, that's the beginning of the prayer of lament. But I, what I like to call, um, like to say is that um, you can vent or you can lament. And so mm. if you, if you stop at the complaining, that's venting. But if you lament, what happens is you take the complaining or the pouring out your heart, the way you're feeling, and then you take time to remember the past and all that God has done to be faithful in your life. There have literally been times that I have just, I've been having such a rough morning. I remember just recently I was having this morning where I was having a lot of anxiety because of the unknowns and I was trying to get myself together and, you know, clean up my house and whatever in the morning, I finally just put everything down. I came in my office, I sat in my chair and I had to put my head in my hands and I just literally had to sit there and remember God's faithfulness mm-hmm. over the years. And I, be, I, I literally started from when I was a little girl yeah. <laughs> and I, I just went through and just thanked him for being faithful there and for being faithful there. And you did this and you provided this and you put it, you know, all the way up to where I was at that time. And I felt I was so encouraged by remembering his faithfulness. And then, and so that's the second part of the prayer of lament. And then the third part is to turn away from remembering the past and then um, look to the future and Mm -hmm. focus on his promises. You know, um, you were faithful in the past. I know you will be faithful in the future because your word says this, and this is where we've got to be in the word and we've got to know what his promises are. We've got to know his character because that's what we're going to focus on is who he is um, and what he promises. Right. And that's what give us, gives us hope and kind of helps us to rise above our hard circumstances and um, go through them with joy and hope. Maybe not happy. You know, there's a difference. Exactly. But, but being able to persevere through the hard times because our hope and our joys found in the God who has given us his promises and himself. So I really feel like the prayers of lament is, uh, it's one of the ways God has given us to process life suffering. 
in light of his word. And I just, I love it. I, I really do it. I would say, I don't want to say daily, but almost daily. Yeah. When I'm struggling, you know, with unknowns and fears or feeling overwhelmed, it's just become a way that I pray because it's so life-giving. It's so true. And I found that that's what I, and I didn't realize that was what it was called. <laughs> when yeah. I'm so overwhelmed with kids in my home and I mean, the hurtful things they would say to me or just, it's just challenging adopting teenagers. Let me just say that right oh, now. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh. And I would curl up in bed and people, the kids, other kids are like, are you okay? Because of course they, you know, witness the whole thing. I'm like, I just need time with Jesus. Like, just give me some yeah. time with Jesus. And that's what I'm like, you called us to this. I know you're faithful. You were faithful. And like you said, going back to different points in my life when it seemed so overwhelming, you know, when I was a teen mom and I didn't know if I'd ever be married. And now I'm, you know, mm. I mean, just go back through those stories and yeah. go back to those times. And then it's like, the situation is still fresh in my mind, but my heart changes. It's like, okay, you're with me, even right. in this really, really hard stuff. And I think it's so good. And this is why I love the devotional part of it. You have also the think and the pray and the praise parts that we can write in because that just doing those things, like, and actually putting pen to paper yes. and writing it down is so helpful. And I have my old, so many old devotionals and journals. And sometimes I will just, God will just, or, you know, tell me to pull one off. And I'll look at these prayer requests, like when my, my oldest, who's 31 now is five. And I was so overwhelmed about whatever, t-ball team, or I don't know. And right, I, right. I met you there. And I met <sighs> you there. And so I think it's something in the moment, it is so good for us to pause and to think and to pray and to praise but I also know that like these are keeping these devotionals this is something that we can keep and we can look back on yes oh remember how God gave me joy in this moment yeah and you also have to do and prayer lists and questions for deeper reflection and I think like the package is so good. I love everything about this, Gina, oh, oh, because so like bad. this is something that I love to use and to keep. And I have my little shelves with all my books because we need this. We need mm-hmm. that putting pen to paper and writing these things, pausing in our busy day to you know read the devotion and to read the scripture and to think and pray. And it just helps transform us and to pull our mind and our heart out of all the ickiness around us and to mm-hmm. put it back on God is, yeah. and that's where we find joy. Right. That verse that says, oh, I can't remember where it's found, but it says the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. is my strength. Mm-hmm. That's my strength. So going to him and f- focusing on him and his promises and who he is, that's where my strength is yeah. found, you know, um, that I, I love that verse. And I, you know, when I spoke with someone recently who loved this so much, loved the the format so much, she's actually going to begin a journal for her family. And every time there's an answered prayer or a, you know, a time where God was faithful and showed up, she's going to write it down so that as a family, they can go back and look, look, he was faithful here. He was faithful here. He was faithful here. Isn't that a great idea? I love that so much. Now yeah. I, I, I guess I could do that for myself. My kids are grown and married now. But... <laughs> well, then you gift it to them still though. And that's true. You know, record it for them and gift it to them. And yeah, I did um, legacy Bibles and I'm on my fifth one for my kids. So I just get one of those journaling Bibles, but I'll spend a year like specific, you know, of course I pray for all my kids, but specifically praying for that child and praying 
writing prayers in in the journal for that child and then gift it to them. Oh, um, so they're always like, whose journal or whose Bible are you working on now? <laughs> so That's awesome. I know, but I think those are special things that yeah. we can if we record those things, you know, even for our kids. Um, yeah, those are amazing gifts that we can give them. So as we're you know, talking about the journal part of this, I know it's set up as a 30-day timeline. So why did you decide it to, to do it that way? Well, what when we were doing the, um, we, at Million Praying Moms, we were writing these journals. Um, what we found was that women really liked 30-day, you know, just the 30-day format because it was doable, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so when we took it, you know, when a publisher took them on, that's, that's, uh, what we really wanted to do is make it the 30 days because it's hard to commit to something. You know, I've, I've gone through the one read through the Bible a year in a year. I have a Bible. That's the Bible in a year, you know, uh -huh. and I've already fallen behind, you yeah. know, <laughs> but I mean, I just got to keep on going. I don't, I'm not going to follow their dates, but it's just easy to commit to something. Then you miss one or two days and you feel defeated and you give up. And so 30 days was doable. And, and if so it takes 45 when... days to do your 30 day devotional, that's okay. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. It's okay. And yeah, exactly. my favorite thing now is I have a little, um, like basket and it's so funny. Cause the one I found that was like, not too, firm I don't know how to explain it it's a basket but it's it was for diapers like parents to keep little diapers in oh yeah and I have my bible and my journal and it has handles and I keep it at the foot of my bed on this little bench and so every morning when I got to do my quiet time everything's in my little my little basket kind I of love that basket that I carry it around you know because I have kids if I leave stuff around it's going to be buried under Legos yeah. and like candy wrappers right and all those things <laughs> So, yeah, so even if it takes 45 days, you know, if you have your little quiet time area, or maybe there's listeners out there that have never sat down with a journal before, um, I think that would be awesome. This would be an awesome one for them to pick up hmm. and just know, I mean, it probably takes five minutes maybe to read the section and then, you know, maybe another 10 minutes to start filling in things and taking time to pray. And I think this would be a great first step. For those mm -hmm. who maybe have not developed that, I remember I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My my mom became a Christian when I was like in third grade, but she, you know, she didn't have the habits. And so I had to right. develop those as I got older. So I think maybe if there's someone out there that has not taken the time to sit down with a devotional book or sit down to write in a journal, I think this would be a perfect one to get started. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope it's a blessing. That's the way I feel like it's just God has brought it about because it's all the, you know, humanly speaking, this, this shouldn't have happened, you know, right. um, but it did. And so it's here and I'm just asking God to use it for his glory and his purposes. Oh, I love so. that. So as, as we're wrapping up, there might be someone that's like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to see those little glimmers of hope. Maybe, I mean, I think all of us have had really hard couple of years, but maybe mm -hmm. they just feel like, how come it has to be one thing after another? So I would just love, what would you say to that person that's thinking, I just, I hope there's joy out there. Um, what would you say to them? 
Well, I would say there is, yeah. <laughs> but we have to, you know, we just really need to know what God's word says about who he is and what his promises are mm. so that we know what to cling to, you know, and, and that might sound intimidating or so where do I start? You know, like you, like you said, start with this journal, just open the Bible, just start reading and reading the Bible. It's a book about God. It's mm-hmm. a book about who he is and how he's worked. And I was talking to someone yesterday about reading through the Bible and, and how hard it is, you know, when you get to the part about the genealogies and sometimes it's tempting to want to skip, you know, so-and-so had so-and-so and somebody gave birth to so-and-so and you don't like, how is this benefiting me? Right. <laughs> you exactly. know, even that, as she said, you know, the thing that I remember when I'm reading those is this shows God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. This is how God has shown himself faithful and then brought about our salvation. And I was like, wow, <laughs> and I've been skipping those. Yeah. So it's just um, getting to know God one day at a time and clinging to him and who he is and his promises is it's that's where joy is found. It's not even found in his good things, in the right. good things that he gives us. Cause, okay. I, I was just going to be really honest with you. After my kids got married, it was a hard transition for me. Mm-hmm. It was, and then I know that is for a lot. I've talked to a lot of moms whose kids have gotten married and um, that it's been a very difficult transition, but I just went through a grieving time. And the one thing that crossed my mind one day was, God gave me these children. And I mean, I was so grateful for these kids. I, there was a time I wondered if I've ever had children Yeah. and he gave me two kids and I was able to raise them, homeschool them, pour myself out. And I absolutely loved being their mom. And then they got married and it was so empty. And I, the thing that crossed my mind was he's just given me these good things to take them away. Mm. <laughs> Now, I wasn't thinking clearly. Right. But <laughs> you it's, know? it's okay to grieve, though. I mean, that is right. a big transition. Yeah. And I, and it was, it, it was a grieving time. But it was also a time to, again, learn where our joy comes from. Mm-hmm. You still grieve and miss your kids. And I still miss my kids, but not as intensely. We've come three, almost four years away from, you know, their weddings and everything. But, but it was the beginning of me learning, okay, God gave me good gifts in these children, but I cannot find my joy in them. It's got to be in God, you know, and that's a hard one for moms. I think, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. I still have my older kids, uh, one lives in Europe. Oh, <laughs> like, I, why does she have to be so far away? Yeah, that is so hard. <laughs> yep. She, uh, and then the, now, she has two, now she has two babies that are also oh. very far away. But, you know, over the holidays, she came for six weeks straight. And oh, we got nice. six weeks of her and the babies. And so, you know, um, it, it, God is so good to us that he does give us these gifts and sometimes they change sometimes relationships change sometimes situations change but the cool thing is he's always steadfast and he's always there and he's always when we turn our mind to him we could we could find those those little glimmers of joy even during hard situations yes yeah 
Well, I don't know how people. I don't know how people do it without him. No, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I just don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> well, Gina, I have so enjoyed having you here today and talking about your new book, and I'm just so excited how God is using you in this way. I just love that he's just like surprise. Here we yes. go. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I know it's exciting. My empty nest career. Exactly. I, <laughs> I love so. it. I love it so much. So where can people go just to connect with you and find more information about you and the book and all that you're doing? Well, I have a website, a brand new website uh, called GinaLSmith.com. It was just redesigned and it's beautiful. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and you can find me at Million Praying Moms. I do some writing there and do some podcasts. I also run a private Facebook prayer group for Million Praying Moms, almost 3,000 women there, and we just pray for each other and do other things in there. So yeah, you can find me at those places. Absolutely. And we will make sure we get all those links in the show okay. notes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gina, for being here. All right. Thanks for having me. for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.